0: Yeah, you guys can have a seat. Well, how you guys doing? Feeling good? Good. Um, Well, welcome to Genesis. Uh, My name is Mike, and at Genesis, we believe in having open doors and open hearts. And so I hope that you walked in tonight, that you felt comfortable and invited, and uh, I also hope that you came with an open heart, because we have prayed and prepared for you. And so we're glad that you're here Uh, Tonight we are continuing our series, You Asked For It, where we are uh, taking submitted questions from from you and forming our October series around them. And we had a good amount of questions that were submitted and, and, of course, can only answer five of them this month. There's five Tuesdays in October. Uh, so we took the other questions that were submitted, and on the season finale of the Genesis Continue podcast, I answered a lot of the uh, a lot of the questions that we couldn't get to this month, and we actually recorded that yesterday. And uh, will that be out later this week? I think right, or, yeah, later this later this week. So you have to check that out. So the last two weeks have been uh, incredible. We've answered the questions of what is God's will for my life? How do I know when I'm ready to date? And uh, before I introduce tonight's question, I want I want to play a game. Does that sound all right? Okay, cool, all right, you guys familiar with true or false questions, right? all right, cool, all right, so uh here we go this is, let's do the first one so here here's what we're gonna do so when i uh, i'll read you I'll read you this the sentence and you just call out whether you think it's true or false okay deal all right here's the first one. Dendrophobia is the fear of dentists. What do you guys think false that's pretty unanimous uh what do you think it's the fear of? Dandruff? <laughs> fear of dens. Uh, so everyone said, what, false? All right, let's see. It is false. It's the fear of trees. See, that that's a crazy thing to be scared of. Like, there's, there, there's a lot of trees out in the world. You know, like, where could you go and not be terrified? Um All right, here's the next one. A mile is equal to 5,380 feet. All right, let's see what it is. False, 5,280 feet, right, right, okay, all right, go. Great job, everyone, great job. All right, here's the next one. All right, question three. The 1992 World Series MVP was Pat Borders of the Toronto Blue Jays. True or false? We're going to go true? Oh, it sounds too specific. False? All right, let's see. True. Oh, there he is. (laughs) Hey, he's got a nice uh, mustache mullet combo there. Um, Pat Borders. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have no clue who that, who that is. I looked that one up. All right, uh, let's see. Question four. The element in air that we inhale is oxygen. Come on now, y'all. This is an easy one. All right. Really? What's the answer? All right. True. All right. Great. Great job. All right. Here's the last one. Question five. <laughs> yeah, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Okay. The 32nd president of the US was Franklin D. Roosevelt. All right, let's see. True. It is true. Okay, so some of those questions were easy, right? Uh, Some were a little bit more difficult. But what made them easy or difficult is the factual truth that you knew, right? Because you knew that we inhale oxygen, hopefully because you knew how long a mile was, those questions were were easy, right? But if you're not an expert on phobias or baseball history, if you don't know your presidents by heart, those questions may have been a little bit more difficult. So tonight's question is another great one, and it's this. How do I know the voice of God? How do I know the voice of God? And I don't want to demean the voice of God to a, a true or false question, but it is similar And in order to know the voice of God, you need to know the truth. You need to know God so that you can distinguish what is his voice and what isn't, so that you know the difference between true and false. And this is so important for us as Christians, for us as young adults, to understand how to hear the voice of God and what that can mean for our lives. So if you would pray with me, and then we'll jump into this. God, I thank you so much for tonight. God, I thank you for a great time of worship. And, God, I I pray tonight that you would speak to us uh, through your word. God, we we know the grass withers and the flower fades, but your word remains forever. And so, God, I pray you'd speak to us tonight, and we would leave here not the same because of it. In Jesus' name, we all said together. Amen. Awesome. So this question tonight is so layered. Uh, Much like week one where we talked about the will of God, it's a question that, that in a way, kind of fits within the scope of wanting to know God's will. And just like wanting to know God's will shows a desire, For God's will, right? Wanting to know God's voice shows a desire for God's voice, which is a great place to start, right? That's a good thing. And so that question, it can be asked and and applied in many ways. You know, knowing the voice of God is important for, for life as a whole, but it can also be applied for specific situations, right? Well, how do I know what God's Telling me to do in this particular situation, it can also be applied to your day-to-day life, right? Following the experience promptings in your daily routines, hearing the voice of God as you go about your day. And so, to the person who wrote this question, I don't even know if they're here tonight. I'm not sure what the intention of the question was, but uh, in terms of that that scope, but we're going to try to tackle this in kind of an all-encompassing way that hopefully will be helpful. But first, we have to paint the problem. First, we have to paint the problem. So, hearing and discerning the voice of God can seem like a task, right? And and because it's difficult, a lot of times people start looking for signs and symbols to help them, right? Signs and symbols to, to, to distinguish the voice of God. Like, well, I was trying to figure out if I should ask this girl out, and I came across a Nike ad, and it said, just do it. And so I thought that was God telling me to go ask her out. Or, well, I was thinking about quitting my job, and then don't stop believing came on the radio, and I thought, well, I guess that's God telling me that I shouldn't give up on my job. Or, well, I was wondering if I should make this purchase that I can't afford. And I saw a white bird, and I normally don't see white birds, and so that must be God telling me that I, it's okay to make this purchase. You know, I, I know those things sound funny, but those, I mean, people do that. And I've heard stories exactly like that, people making complete life-changing decisions based on signs and symbols and not prayer in the Word of God. There also exists something known as affirmation bias, you know, where you will look anywhere, that's not you, I mean, we, right? Well, we will look anywhere and everywhere for something to affirm the decision that we want to make or the decision that we have made, right? Maybe we are looking into a Nike ad or a song or a bird, or maybe we're just trying to make ourselves feel better about the whole thing, right? Another issue that comes along with this is the fact that saying God told me can be one of the most dangerous things that we can say. I didn't say it is, but it can be. And what I mean is that sometimes we'll, you know, people will use that phrase, God told me, to justify all kinds of things, right? And, and by slapping that phrase on there, in turn, and, you know, they in turn enforce it with the, the authority of God, right? And, and, that, and that can kind of end badly. And you know, I would hate to put words in God's mouth or go around telling people that he said something that he didn't say. And so thankfully, this is why God gave us his word. It's why he gave us scripture to, to ground these tendencies that we have, to, to give us a filter to run everything through, to give us truth so that, so that we know what's well, false. And in scripture, we're actually told not to look for signs, but to instead look to the words that the Lord has spoken. And we're going to see the importance of that as we move forward. So if you would, turn to John chapter 6, John 6. And uh, by the way, I, this I wasn't really thinking about saying this, but I just want to mention that this series has been a lot of fun for me trying to figure out how to how to answer these questions and use chunks of scripture and like stories and because this is my opinion I'm so I never do this I'm so sorry I was just it was just been on my mind today in my opinion I think when when people speak it's it's a lot easier to go through chunks of scripture and not just pick and choose because when you pick and choose you guys I mean, maybe you can, but a lot of times, people can't go home and replicate that. You know, like, like just I'm not saying you don't. I'm saying, assuming you don't know a lot about the Bible, you couldn't go home and think, oh, how did Mike take this verse from Isaiah and this verse from here, and let's just try to fit this puzzle together, right? But I think it's a lot easier to take chunks of Scripture and, you know, maybe 10, 15 verses or, or maybe even more and get something out of it versus trying to look everywhere throughout the Bible for an answer, right? So I just want to mention, that was... We're talking about reading scripture tonight and stuff, so I want to throw that out there. But it's been a lot of fun I mean, for me trying to like, I mean, this is like a topical series. You know what I mean? Like this is like you guys are literally telling me what to talk about. I'm trying to preach and stay faithful to the word of God. And it has been a fun little little uh, match made in heaven, okay? So anyway, that's free. So if you would, turn to John 6. You're probably already there. Um, I'll give you some, t- some context. The, uh, the interaction that we'll talk about tonight starts at verse 22, and it's about 50 verses long. And so we'll read some of it. I'll summarize some of it as well. But right before we get to this, this the, inter, the interaction that we'll read tonight, Jesus has performed two of his most well-known miracles. He's uh, walked on water, and he's fed the 5,000. And So he's just performed these two incredible, miraculous, physical, and tangible signs that he is God and right after that, we see this crowd of people follow him across a lake, and Jesus actually tells this crowd that they were trying to follow him or find him, not because of the miracles that he did, but because they had just been fed. They were part of that 5,000 that he fed, and so kind of like stray dogs, they just followed the the food source, and Jesus tells them not to to seek food that perishes or, or that won't satisfy, but to instead seek the food that leads to eternal life. He's like, which I can give to you, and they don't understand how to do that. And so Jesus tells them, well, you just need to believe in me. Believe in, in him who, God's, who God has sent. And so Jesus is telling them, you know, believe in me. And you're going to have the fulfillment that you're looking for. And all that sets up what happens next. So this is John 60, or sorry, John 6, 30 through 31. So they said to him, "Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now, what a weird thing to say to the man you just saw feed 5,000 people, right? With one little boy's lunch. That's kind of an odd question. To be fair, they weren't there when he walked on water, but still, so they say, well, Moses, you know, Moses gave our ancestors bread from heaven. What can you do, right? This is what Jesus says in response. This is 32 to 34. Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And so Jesus says, actually, that wasn't Moses that did that. It was God. And the bread that comes from heaven is the bread that brings life. And their answer, it's kind of funny. They're like, well, we want that bread. (laughs) You know, we'll, we'll take some of that, right? So let's keep reading. This is 35 to 36. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. And so he's saying, you've seen me, and you still don't believe. And Jesus tells him, that bread that you said that you want, it's me. And so I'm the bread of life. I'm the one who came from heaven to to give you eternal life. That bread that Moses gave you is just like a a foreshadowing of me. And, And so the one that you want is literally right in front of you was a foreshadowing of me that I would come down from heaven like that bread did and give you life. You're asking for a sign, and I am the sign. I'm right in front of you, flesh and blood, human as can be, and you still don't believe it. And so before we keep going in this, this interaction, we can see like a glaring truth when it comes to hearing from God. It says signs are not always the answer. Because these guys, are, they're, they're seeing physically, but it wasn't working. You know, how often do we think, God, if you just part the clouds, that would be greater. God, if you would just, you know, speak to me audibly, that would be greater. God, if you could just give me a green light, that would be great. But the guys in these, I mean, these people in this story, they had every green light and every sign you could ask for, and it still wasn't working. And so if signs aren't the solution, then what do we do about this? Well, the conversation continued for Jesus and and these people, and they ended up talking about how Jesus' body and his blood are, are the way to eternal life. And Jesus uses, he kind of uses strange imagery. He talks about eating his flesh, drinking his blood, uh, which we would later see as, you know, the last supper or communion. But these people take him literally, like literally eating his flesh, literally drinking his blood, and it scares them, right? It's kind of strange, right? And when the conversation is over, the disciples are wondering what in the world Jesus meant when he said all this. And, that, and that's what we'll see as we keep reading. This is verse 60 to 65. and who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him him by the Father. So the disciples are are confused as to what Jesus meant by all of this. And Jesus tells them, look, do I have to ascend to heaven for y'all to believe me, right? Because if, if he ascended, right, that means, well, logically, he would have had to descend, which would make him God, right? It would kind of confirm that whole thing. But verse 63 is what I want us to see in this. He says, It is the spirit who gives life, that the flesh is no help at all. And the words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. He's saying, if you're looking for life, if you're looking for God, I just told you, listen to my words. Don't wait around for signs. Don't rely on signs. Listen to what I'm saying to you. They didn't need signs. They needed the words of Jesus. And so for our context today, right, all all of those words that he's talking about, that Jesus is mentioning, they're written down for us in scripture. That's how we're reading them tonight, right? And not just, we don't have just the literal words of Jesus, but we have an entire God-inspired Bible. And and I love Peter's response to this, to to close out the story. This is 66 to 69. After this, many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you wanna go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And so we see that a lot of these uh, these followers of Jesus at the time, they didn't like what he was saying and so they left. And so Jesus turns to his disciples after being rejected by all these people and he says, are you gonna leave too? And Peter said, well, Jesus, where else would we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. We believe who you say that you are. And I know that we don't have the, the physical Jesus right in front of us like Peter did, but we do have the Holy Spirit living inside of us if we're believers. And so right, so we should all strive for that perspective when it comes to the word of God, right? Where else are we gonna go to find life but to the one place that we can find God the most? The place where the spirit can reveal to us the most about God's character and God's plan and God's purposes. In his words are spirit and life. And so with all that said, there are, two primary ways that God speaks to us. The first one, as we've been saying, is through Scripture. It's through Scripture. We can't say that God is silent when our Bibles are closed. We can't say that God is silent when our Bibles are closed. If we say we want to hear the voice of God, we need to spend time in Scripture, learning it, memorizing it, letting it sink into our soul. All right, we spend so much time looking for signs and symbols when we already have Scripture. We spend so much time looking for, for or waiting on voices when we already have verses. I love this quote. But this is Pastor J.D. Gur. He said, if you want to hear the audible voice of God, read the Bible out loud. If you want to hear the audible voice of God, read the Bible out loud. Scripture serves as that foundation of truth that we need to guide our life. And in Scripture, there are so many of the questions that we have, they have already been answered for us. And this means there are some things that you don't have to pray about. You're like, what? Yeah. Andy Stanley, hear me out. Andy Stanley, he's a pastor in in Atlanta. He's got this funny story about this guy that came in for counseling one day and said that he'd been praying about leaving his wife for another woman. Y'all can laugh. I know you kind of want to, right? That's an extreme example, but it's like, there's no need to pray about that. God's already been clear you know, that we're not supposed to do that, right? Spent, like, we, there's some things we don't have to pray about because they've already been made clear for us. So I want to say that one more time. We can't say that God is silent when our Bibles are closed. The second way God speaks to us and really is closely attached to the first one is through his spirit. When you're walking with God daily, when you're spending time with God in word or in his word and in prayer, As you operate in your daily routine, you may feel the Spirit prompting you to do something or prompting you to say something. And that's when you can run that prompting through the filter of scripture. Right? If you feel like God is telling you to do something that isn't found in the Bible, it's not Him. And and a lot of times it's good to ask yourself, well, does this sound like God? Or does this sound like me? Right? If it sounds like me, I don't know. I may not want to do it, but if it sounds like God, I definitely do. I definitely want to obey. So again, through scripture and through his spirit, through God's spirit, through the Holy Spirit are the primary ways to hear God's voice and know that it's his. And the incredible thing about what Jesus did for us through his life, death, and resurrection, everyone has access to God, right? Before, before Jesus died and rose again, it took an appointed man and an appointed time at an appointed place to hear from the Lord. But Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, it's not that way anymore. You know, we all have the same access to God that everybody else does because of the blood of Jesus. You know, I've heard people say about pastors and preachers, like, man, they just got God on speed dial. Or, man, they just got a direct line to God. Like, well, I mean, maybe they're just walking closely with God, but, I mean, really, they don't have any more of a direct line than you do because of the blood of Jesus. So you can hear the voice of God and know that it's his. Just open your Bible. Open your Bible. In summary tonight, we don't, need to to sit and wait for signs and symbols or audible voices. Instead, like I said, we can look at Scripture and what God has already said and hear him actively speaking to us today. And if you start to read for the first time, like if you make a decision tonight to start reading for the first time or the first time in a while, or you just have general questions, we actually have a really good resource at genesis.guide, and uh, there's a great Bible FAQ on there where there are uh, frequently asked questions that offer some help on where to start, uh, some answers really a lot of great questions and just tells a lot of good a lot of good ways to go about reading scripture. So, again, that was Genesis.Guide If you want to check that out. So, hopefully, this was helpful in answering this question. Does this kind of this make sense? Okay, cool. I can tell you from personal experience, spending time in the Word of God will transform you for the better. Because in the Word of God there is spirit and life. So, if you would go ahead and stand with me, I'm gonna pray, and I'll have some announcements for you. God, thank you so much for tonight. Uh, again, thank you for the time of worship that, that, uh, that we had. Thank you for speaking to us through, through this scripture. God, we thank you that, uh, that you made it clear for us, God, that signs aren't the answer, uh, that, that the symbols aren't the answer. But instead, God, it's, it's your words. God, it's what you've told us. And so, God, I pray that we would hold tightly to those words. And, God, that we, we would stop waiting around for voices and instead start opening our Bible, start seeing what you have to say. And so, God, I pray that we would start to, start to pursue you in that way and hearing your voice and obeying it. I thank you for every single person in this room, God, every soul, every story. And, God, I pray that we would walk out of here uh, with, a, with a little bit of new passion, new purpose when it comes to following you. In Jesus' name, we all said together, amen.